welcome you back to the Fresh Expressions podcast for season two, and we're having a really good time, aren't we, Heather? Yes, we are. I'm excited about this episode in particular because it highlights just the relationship between um, seasoned pastor and um, pioneering leader. It also yeah. sort of distinguishes between what we might describe as multi-site church and fresh expressions of church. It kind of illustrates the difference between the two. I mean, of course, there are similarities and differences between what we would what we would call a multi-site uh, church and fresh expressions. But um, I'm I'm excited uh, to to learn more from uh, George Acevedo and Heather Evans. Uh, what did you learn from them, uh, Heather? Yeah. Well, I mean. They have such a great relationship and um, and years of ministry together. And two things that they really talked a lot about were uh, what what is required for having both multi-site and these fresh expressions, multiple expressions of church. And that is adaptive capacity, uh, being able to to adapt and iterate over over time, not being afraid to stop doing things and start doing things. And um and and really the the importance of of context they really help differentiate between uh you know multi site kind of planning your DNA in a different location versus um these multiple expressions these fresh expressions of church which are very contextually sensitive uh, one thing that that um was a big revelation i think for george was recognizing heather's gifting and um, and the significance of those APES gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, that was just so that, that is so prominent uh, in uh, these entrepreneurial leaders that start these fresh expressions of church. And um, I, I can't wait for you guys to listen in on this conversation. I know you'll learn something and be encouraged along the way. So uh, enjoy. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I am thrilled to get to host a conversation today with two of my friends, one that um, that shares the same name, Heather, <laughs> and, and my friend um, and mentor and just uh, a, a wealth of uh, ministry experience and uh, a depth of of spiritual practice and um, example and my friend, George Acevedo. So uh, I would love, I usually ask our guests to um, introduce themselves, but I thought it would be fun to have these two introduce one another. Um, and remind me, how many years have you been working together? 25. 25, yeah. 25 yep. years. Yeah. We've we, so, we, we lasted longer than most marriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Julia. Yeah. Probably almost twenty six because Roddy will be yeah yeah right we old. close <laughs> George why don't you introduce Heather first <laughs> sure sure well uh, Heather Evans is uh, our director of Reach Send and Fresh Expressions Ministries at the Cape Coral campus of Grace Church which is the original or first campus of Grace Church and um, uh, she's been in that role for a bunch of years now but I I met her twenty five plus years ago, uh, as she she and her husband walked in looking for a church to get their baby baptized in and uh, use some baby baptism evangelism. Uh, Heather <laughs> has a long history uh, in uh, our tribe in the United Methodist Church. And um, and so it felt like home to her. And I, I kind of have this 
what I call a leadership radar that, that kind of is on all the time. And um, I could spot a, a, a right at the very beginning that Heather was a leader, a big L leader and, uh, and a big uh, kingdom leader. And she had, mm. a, she had a rich history. Her dad is about as close to Jesus as anybody I've ever met. <laughs> and, uh, and so when I got to know him, then I knew where Heather got it from. Um, but, uh, you know, she could just recreationally start things. Um, mm. And uh, I didn't know then what I now know now is that it was the seeds of the apostolic gift that's in her. She has this entrepreneurial, new start, fresh start kind of spirit in her. Um, she started uh, a kid's ministry because she had kids and it grew from a handful to hundreds and hundreds of kids. Uh, she ran into my office one day and said, hey, I want to start a preschool. And I said, that'd be a great project for a year and a half from now. <laughs> and like seven weeks later, we launched a preschool with teachers and, and full of kids. And uh, now that, that, that preschool is 20 plus years old and reaches tons of families in our community. And then, um, you know, when she found out about Fresh Expressions, that just exploded under her leadership. So it's been a delight. And we've just had a, we've had a blast. We've, we've often fought too, but we won't talk about that. Well, I mean, you know, you, you compared your relationship to a marriage to some degree. So, you know, I mean, right. 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 Heather, introduce right. George. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, George, could I could describe him in so many ways. Uh, he is my friend. Uh, he has often played a father role in my life and a mentor. Um, he saw things in me long before I saw those things in me. Mm -hmm. And so he is an incredible leader. Um, he is uh, the transitioning to retirement. Um, and he'll probably have to correct the, the, the titles because I could care less about titles, so I don't keep them straight very well. Um, he has been the lead pastor of Grace Church that has had as many as, I don't know, five or six campuses at one time. Um, and now I think we have three campuses plus a million fresh expressions. Not a million, but. Uh, <laughs> and he is a warrior when it comes to um, developing leaders in whatever context, whether that is in a, an inherited church. Um, setting or gosh, he's so gifted at caring about a Christian leaders around the world and helping them. Um, and I love that about him, but on a personal level, he has loved me and my husband and my children through some stuff. Um, and if, if it weren't for George, I'd still be teaching third grade in a Lutheran school. So so, yeah, you guys are definitely a dynamic duo for sure. Um, and we, love and each other. we do <laughs> fight, we do fight, but we fight like cats and dogs, but we love each other. We'll, we'll fight each other, but if somebody attacks the other one, oh no, that's, that's, right. well, that's, that's family, them. that's how it works, yeah. right? That's how well, what really the topic of our conversation today is 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 differentiating for folks the difference between a multi-site, multi-campus church and fresh expressions, of which you have all of those things. Mm -hmm. And um and George, I know just being familiar with your story and kind of how how and when you landed at Grace and what it looked like then versus what it looks like now and uh and really the 
how you leaned into that community and looked for, uh, prayed the prayer uh, that God would send you the people that no one else wanted or saw. Um, and correct me if I'm, I'm misquoting you, um, but but that that changed over time. And as a result of that, kind of how you practice ministry changed to some degree as well. Do you want to kind of unpack that for everybody? Sure. Um, uh, when I came to Grace Church uh, 26 years ago, 27 years ago, I guess then uh, last Sunday was my first Sunday uh, at Grace Church. Uh, when I came, um, uh, we were, uh, you know, a fairly typical mainline church in in America. We were um, primarily aged, primarily white, uh, and and shrinking and declining. And um, uh, I I think. You know, I have a few gifts, but I, I think one of the gifts God gave me is that I'm, I'm fairly determined, and um, and I have just kind of a stick to itness kind of spirit, you know. And so, um, uh, as bad as it was, um, I just began to plant a, a dream in the heart of our people of what it would mean for us to really, really engage with our community. And I had learned from a Southern Baptist pastor to pray, "Lord, send us people nobody else wants." and so that was kind of built into my uh, spiritual heritage. And I, I'd said, someday if I ever become a lead pastor, I really didn't want to be one. That's a whole nother story. Um, uh, I said, if I ever become a lead pastor of a church, that's going to be our prayer. And so I introduced it to our folks and it stuck. It really did. And um, uh, uh, it was, it, it became then kind of the the mantra out of which a lot of strategies and our vision and our values then began to form and shape. And just really over the decades, we've unlearned some bad habits and we've learned some new things that became bad habits and we had to unlearn those. I mean, we've been through a number of cycles of, of transition and change. Um, but at the core of it has been uh, this deep desire to be a witness in our community. And uh, for the most part, it was about how do we attract people to our campus. And so Heather helped us do that with a, an amazing kids ministry. Again, uh, when we came there, it was Heather's kids, my kids, and a handful of others. You could gather every kid, you know, zero through fifth grade in one small Sunday school classroom. Uh, you know, after Heather began to lead this stuff, uh, we ended up having to build an 18,000 square foot kids center um, to uh, accommodate the school and the kids and the Celebrate Recovery kids and all the other ministries that that, that care for uh, children and, and youth. And so um, uh, it's just been, we've created a culture of, uh, God's created a culture through us that's very missional, um, but it was missional to attract people to us. Right. And it worked splendidly for what, Heather, 15 years, yep. 16, 17 years. It worked splendidly. And uh, it was just a part of who we were. And we just grew and grew and grew and grew exponentially. We added campuses. Um, and the adding of campuses and going multi-site was just a desire to spread the love uh, in the 239 area code. We just figured if God could do it here, he could do it there. And so we started launching new campuses. Yeah, I, I, one, of the th one of the things that I, I think I have um, come to understand as far as fresh expressions is that, that, that really intentional community engagement really being embedded in your community is really the, the it cultivates a seedbed for fresh expressions to kind of take shape and to to form as you literally get to know, know and love your neighbors um yeah. that those opportunities 
uh, present themselves. Uh, they're right in front of us if we we take the time to to be present and to sure. listen and to pay attention um, to what the spirit's doing. And and that change uh, over time, George, your your prayer changed over time to the send us to yeah. the people that that no one else wants or, or sees. And um, and and is that kind of where the whole multi site thing came into being, or the fresh expression started, or was it kind of simultaneous? No. No, we were we we started multi site about two thousand and five, um, uh, and and it was just we had run out of space. We're on six point three eight acres. Uh, you'd be you've been to our place, Heather, so mm-hmm. you know it's not large. It's not impressive. It's a pretty simple building that's pretty utilitarian. Um, it really was our motivation was how can we create more come to. Mm-hmm. Uh, churches uh, in our zip code and so uh, or our area code uh, and how yeah. could we do that and so it was it wasn't that it was around 2013 that we all started noticing that we were doing attractional ministry better than we ever had with the least amount of results mm. so as God could proveniently provide for us I went to England saw fresh expressions of church and when I came home uh, we held a conference. I'll let Heather tell the story about how it sparked in her. But for Grace, and every story is unique, for Grace, it was just our next step. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't even a, a big jump for us. It was, oh, we want to start doing stuff uh, in a second kind of space that's not about attracting people to us. We can do that. And so we never had to fight boards for money uh, or staffing or any of those things. It's just been the very next step for us. And that's, I would say, that's when around 2013 is when we started adding the phrase, and then, Lord, would you send us to the people that nobody else wants or sees? Um, and so now that's kind of the two, you know, the, the two sides of the coin that we pray. I can only imagine, George, that when you saw those fresh expressions, like Heather's face was coming into your mind. <laughs> I know who can do this. No. No. no, that's the truth. No. I didn't. I wouldn't no, have. No. Yeah, this okay, is a whole well, part of the story us. that you may be. This is the Holy Spirit yeah. story that she has to tell. Yeah. Yeah. So I was still. I was the at that time. I I had left Grace for a bit and went back to teaching. Uh, before when when I when we started coming to Grace, I was a parochial school teacher and I was teaching all the doctor and lawyer kids in town. Uh, George lured me away to come and work full time at the church for a bit. And that only lasted about a year and a half. And I missed teaching so much. But this time I went and taught in the public schools. And there was a reason that uh, behind that I had to have my heart broken for the people that nobody else wants or sees. Because Mm -hmm. before when I worked here and I was the children's director, I didn't want to share my space with the Celebrate Recovery people. You remember that, George? You know, like these people are leaving crap on the floor in the children's room and I'm not standing for it. And so I just had to learn that um, everybody in the world didn't live the way I did. Um, Mm. And so I went and taught in the public school where I taught intensive reading. Um, And the first year that I was there, um, I taught all third graders who had flunked the FCAT um, and were to remain in third grade until they could pass it. Uh, one of my students was 12 years old in the third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, in that year, uh, one of my students, her father was shot in the head and killed on Christmas morning. Um, another one of my students was in an ATV accident and uh, was declared brain dead. 
Um, it was just the most unbelievable experience. And yet it was the best experience of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did that for about five years and somehow ended up back on staff at Grace Church as the youth director. (laughs) And I, I said, no, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing that. I don't like teenagers. I do children. I do third graders. But so then I ended up somehow back um, and I was at that time the director of age level ministries, um, meaning children through, you know, zero ages, zero through 18, and also directing the preschool that I had started years before. Um, And really just thought that I was going to do children and youth for the rest of my life. Now, but because Grace Church had always had this missional foundation, I also had a missional foundation. I had no clue what that really meant and what would that would come to mean. But so um, it was about the time that we decided to leave the building of the community center, which is, you know, some a lot of people know that story. Um, And also we hosted a Fresh Expressions Vision Day shortly after that. But when we decided to sell the community center, that's when we adopted the prayer. George may not remember this as clearly as I do. But that's when we adopted the prayer that we would um, not only pray for the people that nobody else wants or sees for Jesus to bring us those people, but to take us to those people. Mm -hmm. And it was a Holy Spirit calling that happened in that moment because we had a director of missions at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't me. I was the director of kids stuff, you know, but for some reason, I took it upon myself to gather staff, pastors, uh, pastors' wives, other people in my minivan on lunch breaks. And we would literally drive around our neighborhoods and pray and say, God, is this the neighborhood you're calling us to? Is this the neighborhood? I went searching for some kind of Macedonian call. I, I wish mm. I could explain what that was about. Well, it, mm. it, it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and so then it was shortly after that that we hosted um, a vision day from FXUS. It was Chris Beckert um, mm-hmm. and Shannon <laughs> that came. Mm-hmm. And a fire lit inside of my body um, mm-hmm. that morning sitting in our cafe. And um, that was the end of it. And that's when we quickly got the call to Suncoast Estates. Um, and we went from there. And so it used to be that I would come to George with these crazy ideas and I would say, oh, let's start a preschool. And he'd say, yeah, in about a year and a half, let's let's plan on that. And I would do it, <laughs> you know, seven weeks or I'd say, let's start this ministry called Shoes of Hope. And he'd say, oh, that's a great idea. And I'd say, we're going to do it this summer, <laughs> you know, and he would go, oh, you are so crazy, Heather, you are so crazy. And it would just happen. But this mm-hmm. time it was different. George looked at me and he said, you're an ape. And I said, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) It was then. So George had developed this wisdom and this knowledge and, you know, about these apostolic leaders that I don't Mm -hmm. know if he didn't have it before or he just hadn't really identified it in me. Mm -hmm. And once he was able to help me identify it in myself as well, it was just like the roof blew off. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was all of a sudden finally able um, to understand myself, I will never forget, um, sitting in one of, I've had every office in the building, but sitting in one of my offices and I was listening to, this is how long ago it was a cassette tape, um, about leadership, um, 
that Bill Hybels, it was a, you know, a talk that Bill Hybels had done. And back there, then he was like leadership guru for us here. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about what a poor um, example of leadership it was when you started something and then left it. And so I had been carrying around with me that those apostolic gifts were actually things that were wrong with my leadership. Mm. Oh, wow. And so when George identified this apostolic leadership in me, Mm. and it wasn't a bad thing, but it was a gifting, it changed my whole life. And it changed me spiritually. And I would think that George would probably agree that ministry has never been better in my life than it is now. Um, It took me away from being a solo heroic leader. I finally was able to build a team that I had dreamt of and not able to do for so many years. And man, it's fruitful and it's fun. So, so Heather, I mean, both, both of you, George, this takes a certain kind of leadership to, to, um, to first of all, recognize these gifts, but also empower and bless and, you know, and send uh, Heather knowing these, that she has these gifts. And I know this, um, your practice of really generative leadership and, and, and how you kind of grown into that over the course of your ministry and what that looks like um, there at Grace is, is, is very integral to, to all of this happening. Um, because I think oftentimes as, as pastors, uh, we, we tend to think that we've got to do it all um, or that we're the only ones with the apostolic gifts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's not the case. When we look at the five Q, some, some lead pastors do have those eight gifts, the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist gifts. Others uh, are more the shepherd teachers, and we all need to be able to work together and to support one another through those gifts um, for, for the work of the church. But but for for you to have all of these um, campuses as, as well as these fresh expressions means that you have to lead differently. Yeah. And you've also spoken to um, your willingness to adapt and change over time. So do you want to speak to that uh, in regards to, to what sure. we're talking about? Sure. There, uh, I think it's really there, there, there are two things that I hear you asking about. And one is uh, growing what we would call adaptive capacity uh, mm-hmm. as, as a church. And that's a capacity to, to, to adapt to, to new opportunities and new challenges. And then I think the second thing is the issue of the building of, of generative teams. And let me take that first and then go to the other one. Um, so I had my own uh, series of crises similar to Heather. Uh, my, mine began back in 2006. I'd been at Grace Church 10 years. Uh, it had grown by 700%. We'd gone from three full-time staff and three part-time staff. to We had about 45, I think, at that time, and uh, two campuses. And I was pretty much the directional leader about almost everything that happened in the church. Now I was smart enough to have, you know, like I didn't know much about kids ministry. So I had Heather there, but Heather was replicating what I did, which was, she was, we we were all working way, way too much. We were all working 70, 80, 90 hours a week, no Sabbath, you know, which means we're paper thin spiritually. Um, And so year 10, we're a mile wide and an inch deep as a church. And so I went through my own long metamorphosis of of what I now call my journey from heroic solo leadership to generative team leadership. Uh, we don't have the time or the space for all of that, but needless to say, uh, 
what it's done is it's released the saints at Grace Church because I don't have to have all the good ideas and and I don't have to be the problem solver for everything. Um, I jokingly now say I discover about half of the things that happen at Grace Church when I'm sitting in church on a Sunday morning and they make the announcement. That's That's really cool. uh, where where 15 years ago, I mean, we didn't move a trash can without somebody coming and checking with me. And, and you know, was there a little bit of control freak in there for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an adult child, I'm alcoholic. I got my own control issues. But uh, I, I don't think that was the heart of it. I think we just kind of got used to it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the gift has been, and I, I don't mean, I'm not just saying this because Heather's on this call with us. I, very few people have, have, that I've worked with have gotten it better than her, because I would tell you that her reach send uh, fresh expressions team is a tip of the spear team made up of all volunteers, except for Heather. Yeah. And these women and men get stuff done for Jesus, man. They just, mm-hmm. crank up. and they're, and they're learning to build that, that third generation of team underneath them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Heather experienced. So she's on a generative team. She's built a generative team. And now she's in the process of helping those that she leads build generative teams. And they're slow learners. It takes lots of times to do that. But all of that work of building generative teams where there's high trust. And so there's not artificial harmony, where there's high commitment, where there's standards that people live into and where we really focus on getting results on really getting kingdom results, helping people take their next step on the discipleship path. Um, that's created a culture that's allowed these teams then to do adaptive work. And adaptive work is work where you don't have the answer. It's, they're really challenges. You know, what are the adaptive challenges? And so um, Heather's team that she leads, and since this is kind of a discussion around fresh expressions and multi-site, Heather's team um, is able to to um, uh, have the kind of contextual intelligence of our community. Um, they see their mission field as the two three nine, and so they're they're constantly looking around, prayer driving, and and reading the paper and looking at online things, going like, "Where is the Holy Spirit saying, let's do something here, let's do something there," and um, and and so uh, they've practiced this in such a way that that. Uh, an opportunity arises and we go at it. We throw resources and people at it. And here's what I've discovered. Um, you've heard us say before, Heather, that we kind of throw the, the spaghetti on the wall. And if it sticks, we draw circles around it and call yeah. ourselves geniuses. If it doesn't mm-hmm. stick, we move on to the next thing. And so, you know, in these fresh expressions, I, I would imagine a, a, about half of them have taken. I don't know. Heather probably knows the number better yeah, than I, I do. I would say it's definitely half. Half. You know. You know but the other. But, but what, it, what the building of generative teams that can do adaptive work has done is it's created a culture of high experimentation, and it's yeah. not failure. It's just, okay, that, let's move on to the next opportunity. Yeah. And, um, and so that's been a part of the culture of the church that's been mm-hmm. cultivated and then replicated uh, in, in our work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's not failure. You learn something, right? And and we all know, we all know in this in this room today that God doesn't waste any of that. That that that's all. That is all good good work um, when we partner with the Holy Spirit. Can, and whatever. I just say one thing that may help somebody that's listening. If you were to ask me, what's the one thing I've learned through all of that? Uh, 
it's don't start a ministry, whether it's a fresh expressions uh, or, or something that's a part of the inherited church without an, without an identified leader and, a, and, and at least the core of a core team. Yeah. One of the things that we've gotten caught up in, because I'm a shepherd teacher with ape sensibilities, you know, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, I kind of lean apish, but I, I'm not, I, I, I kind of love the, the local church uh, with all of its craziness. Um, we, 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 I mean, Heather's got a laundry list this long of stuff she wants to see get done. Yeah. And in the past, what we've done is we went out to do it, but we didn't have a team to do it. And then it mm-hmm. ended up not working. And then we like, we're mad at ourselves because it didn't work. So yeah, for somebody out there that's listening, don't start something until you got a leader and a team. That's good. And, and, and prayers are very big part of that. Heather, what do you do to look for a team uh, to, to build around a potential opportunity for fresh expressions? Um, so it all starts with my operational team, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we don't, I've had to learn the hard way that it's not the first time someone says, Hey, I'd like to do that <laughs> yeah. because I used to get so excited and I have a much longer list of the people that didn't work than I do right. of the people that did. Um, it, it almost became a joke because, and that was with staff and with volunteers for me, I got some bad hires <laughs> in my past. <laughs> of both it's, hard to fire, it's hard to fire volunteers too, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yep. But you gotta be willing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so there has to be a passion, first of all, that's obvious. Um, but when it comes to to starting a new fresh expression, it takes time. So you know our Mark guy, um, our car guy, uh, yeah. and he we have I've been working with him on fine tuning what he wants to do as a fresh expression for a long time now. Um, but we had to really get into him. First of all, we had to take the heroic solo leader out of him, and that yeah. took some time. Um, and so I think there has to be, when it comes to choosing these leaders, you have to see a willingness, um, to let the Holy spirit work. Uh, what, what had to happen for me personally is I had to get out of the way. I had to step aside and let God work. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, I had to be willing to pray about what God wanted, not what I wanted, you know, Mm -hmm. cause I'll be the first one to tell you, I I did some phenomenal children's ministry, (laughs) but right now the Holy Spirit is pulling off some amazing missional ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference. You know, Grace Place was like Disney World for our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I like this dirty ministry a whole lot better (laughs) because I know. Say a little bit about that. I mean, we haven't really okay. said specifically what your fresh expressions are. And okay. so share a little bit about what they are. Okay. So uh, we do dinner church. You do dinner church. A lot of people do dinner church. I was early on the dinner church wagon. Um, yeah. And so that was, it started out, our first one um, that ran for seven years was out in Suncoast Estates, um, which is the second largest trailer park um, in the United States. And the way we started that was, and this is this was Wes's uh, guidance that helped me. And the, these were the first steps of me. One of our pastors. 
Yes. Yeah. Wes is one of their pastors. Yeah. And this was really me stepping aside uh, because I went to the Fresh Expressions gathering and heard Verlin speak about dinner church. And I came home the very next day, like I'm really good at and said, I love this idea. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Um, (laughs) And Wes said, oh, it is a really cool idea. Uh, so, but first you need to build a team and, and then we'll talk about when. <laughs> and I kind of like, you know, knocked the wind out of my sails. Um, mm-hmm. But I really believed in it. And so I built a team. And so mm-hmm. it was the strangest thing. I prayed about who might be the right people for that team. Um, people that I had zero relationship, their names were laid on my heart. And so mm-hmm. I was doing strange things like inviting people to breakfast. Hey, I'd like to tell you about this passion I have. And, and somebody said, you might be the right person for this. So we built this team of about 10 people and we would meet once a week for two months. We didn't talk about tablecloths. We didn't talk about dinner menus. We got to know each other and we got to know the Suncoast community. We met out there. We prayed out there. We talked about what it looked like to just love people where they are um, mm-hmm. and what it, what it looked like to be authentic with people who had no exposure to Jesus and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And man, if that didn't, we didn't, so we made a couple of goals. Our goals were, we'd like to have 60 people here by the end of the year. And we launched the dinner church in August. And we'd like to say the word Jesus by then also. (laughs) Uh, Well, six weeks into it, um, Mm -hmm. we were doing, a Jesus story. Yeah. And by that Christmas, we had 160 people and we had a full on Christmas service, candles in the air, singing Silent Night, all of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that was because we let the Holy Spirit lead, not mm-hmm. us, you know? And so mm-hmm. we have not to ordain pastor in sight, mind you. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and P.S., we baptized eight people that night as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Baptisms happen in fresh expressions. Oh, you better believe it. So do weddings and funerals and weddings and funerals and, and, and the Lord's table. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But so along the way, we have experimented with lots of different types of fresh expressions. We we, you know, we do the messy church. Um, we've done those in uh, in uh low-income neighborhoods. Um, we've done breakfast churches. Um, we mm-hmm. have We've had um, a dirt church, which is a fresh expression in a mountain bike park on a Sunday morning. Um, We've done like mornings with mom kind of thing. Uh, We've done arts and craft related ones. But the one Mm -hmm. I think that um, has been more fruitful, not not more fruitful than dinner church, but I would say equally. Um, So for years and years, I don't know, George would probably know better than me. At least 15, if not 20 years, we had this thing here called car care ministry. Um, and it was just that we would offer free oil changes to, um, to single moms and widows. And this was long before I had anything to do with outreach ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. and so then it was about to shut down and Mark, um, who is, sits on my team, he, he was, he was wanting to quit doing it because he was leading it just because everybody else had quit doing it. So I met with him and um, he had felt like this calling to serve God, but he was just over the car care thing. Couldn't get enough volunteers, whatever. Um, And so I, 
I met with him and said, well, what if we, we did, we approached it a little bit differently? What if we zeroed in on these single moms and what if we made it more of a holistic thing? And it wasn't just, they came and sat on the yeah. sidewalk and they got their oil changed. What if we fed them breakfast? And what if we had other moms there, other women from the church that might sit and have conversations with them and pray with them? And what if we mm-hmm. entertained their children and those things? And so very quickly that event became uh, like this relational ministry, which was cool. Yeah. And so then I'll never forget, we were, Mark and I were planning for the next one and we're sitting here in my office and I, I had been trying to, to teach him about fresh expressions. And I said, you know, what if we took this, what is really an outreach ministry yeah. and we used that population and funneled that down and tried to form a community of single moms um, mm-hmm. in a fresh expression. And lo and behold, here we are a year later and we have this fresh expression called Our Time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we invited all of the people who attend the free oil change thing. We call that Single Moms Blessing Day. Mm-hmm. And we have on average about 40 moms that come to this fresh expression called Our Time every month. It's a breakfast. Mm-hmm. We meet mm-hmm. for two hours. We pray, you know, we lift up prayers. We do pals and wows just like we do at dinner yeah. church. Yeah. And then I just do some kind of a devotional type of thing. Well, so over this time, we've had baby showers with for mm-hmm. teen moms who have now gone on a year later to get their GEDs and get their first apartments. Um, the the cool thing is that some of these moms now come to church, which, you know, in a fresh expression, you got to be careful because I used to think that was a mistake. If they started coming to church, I've, right. I've somehow failed. <laughs> but they come to church now. Um, we just had our time this past Saturday. We There are new people coming. Um, we, gosh, it's just, it's incredible. The community that has formed here. We have a Facebook page. That's a private group just for these single moms that is active every single day. They're just encouraging Mm -hmm. each other, praying for each other. Hey, I need baby formula. Hey, I have this, you know, and it's just, it worked, you know, we said, what, you know, and so it used, so the way that you get there can be so different one from another. Right. Um, and, that, and you named something I think that's really important. There are a lot of churches that have wonderful outreach ministries, but it's missing that relational yes. quality to it. And and not only and that withness, right? Instead of just yes. for it's a with. And yes. and so, you know, I think that's that's um that's some some ripe soil for for potentially planting a, a fresh expression. But it's the relationships right. that make all the difference. And as you as you articulated in those in the as those relationships are formed, then sometimes, not always, but sometimes people then feel because of those relationships that they can go to the the sending church, if you will, to to uh, to worship together with the larger church. And uh, whereas they never would have walked in the door before for something like that. Yeah. Um, the cool and thing. sorry. Go ahead. The cool thing is, so now these moms that are part of our fresh expression are saying, well, so I, I still need to get my oil changed, but could I be one of those moms that prays with the other moms? Mm-hmm. You know, so they want to serve at the same time. Yeah. And now, so we're about to launch the second fresh expression out of that, which is Mark is now launching his fresh expression for all these mechanics that don't go to church, but mm-hmm. they're, they're willing to come and change oil on those. And so now he's launching a fresh expression just for those working men 
that are unchurched that that don't have any experience of of church or of Jesus, and yeah. they're going to hang out and have breakfast together, and that's they're going to pray together. No, yeah, that's it's beautiful, really- and that's where discipleship happens, right? It it happens not only needing. For- I'm using air quotes. Nobody can see this if they're just listening on the podcast, but it's not only about the four, it's about the with and our own formation and our own obedience to do what God's asked us to do. Right. And, and yeah. how we are changed in the, um, in, in the, in the doing and the going. Um, right. So I know, I know that um, we're running up on our time here, but I would love for each of you to share one, two, three things that you would, um, encourage churches, leaders um, that are listening in to do, to begin to move in this direction for multiple fresh expressions coming out of their church? Well, I, I would, um, our best teachers have been what I would just say uh, are come and see type things. Mm-hmm. So find out who's doing it. Uh, you, you know, when, when somebody, uh, Comes, we do a lot of recovery ministries. And when somebody calls me and says, Hey, I want to start a recovery ministry in my church, I say, Great. Do you have any 12 step groups meeting at your church? And they go, Well, yeah. I said, Well, get your butt down to that meeting and sit in it and see what the Holy Spirit says. Um, yeah. They want to buy a box set and then just do it. And I said, No, forget <laughs> the box set. Get your butt in the chair. And there's nothing like kind of the incarnational sitting in the room. Uh, and I have many, many stories I could tell you uh, about how the Holy Spirit has just grabbed a hold of a leader sitting mm-hmm. in a 12 step room and saying, oh, OK, I finally get it. Uh, yeah. and, and the Holy Spirit does a whole much better job, as Heather has illustrated so beautifully, yeah. uh, than our, you know, the best laid plans that we make. And so, you know, uh, there's they can contact you, Heather, uh, either of the two Heathers uh, and, and find out, you know, where uh, somebody is doing some fresh expressions and just see it. Just what um, we we pretty regularly have folks that contact us and say, can I just come by and see? And we we let them come be flies on the wall and, and mm-hmm. see what's going on. Um, I would say to um, people who traffic in what we do, you know, kind of paid Christians, you know what I mean? Staff at churches. Uh, I would say um, uh, that that part of it is a is a is a unlearning. Um, that a tractional church um, is the only way to reach folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I often say when I introduce myself, uh, my name is George A. Savito. I'm a grateful follower of Jesus in recovery from an attractional only ministry. Because mm-hmm. um, everything I learned uh, in seminary yeah. and in my post-seminary, you know, uh, continuing education kinds of experiences have been all about how do I get people to come in the front door to sit in these chairs to listen to me? Uh, and that's put pretty crudely, but that's kind of what it really is. Butts and bucks, mm-hmm. all of that sort of deal. And I th- still think that matters, by the way. I mean, we put a lot of mm-hmm. energy into that. Um, Heather's there every Sunday morning, uh, recruiting people, people. join her uh, uh, out in the, in the work. And it's also, mind you, uh, where we share glory sightings of what God's doing in our fresh expression. Yes. Like yes. every month, at least every month, if not more than that, we're just saying, telling stories, telling stories, telling stories. You just stole my number one thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so unlearn, unlearn attractional only ministry. And this is what I love about the fresh expressions. It's not saying it's only missional. Right. 
saying it's missional and attractional, inherited and fresh expressions of church. Mm-hmm. And what we've experienced at Grace Church is this beautiful symbiotic relation, just beautiful symbiotic relation, where people who sit in the chairs and who are probably never going to come serve in one of our fresh expressions are willing to be generous funders of the ministry. Yeah. They just want to hear the glory side. Yeah. But they're going to write the checks. They're going to stroke the check. Mm-hmm. And you get your precious little old people that Heather has the list of that want the prayer concerns. And they, they mm-hmm. want to pray for the Miss Alice who just died. Mm-hmm. And she want to pray for all of those folks. Um, and mm-hmm. they're, the, they're the prayer support that Heather's got to have for her teams to do what they need to do. I want to say to the pastors thirdly, and then I'm done. Um, you've got to release the apes. Yeah. You just have to release the apostles, prophets, and evangelists. And uh, it's scary because people like Heather will scare the bejeebies out of you with the dreams that God gives to them. They traffic in dreams and visions. And yet mm-hmm. um, our church would die on the vine um, because I want, I, I mean, I don't know how it is in everybody's environment that's listening. But we still do attractional worship better than we ever have with the least amount of results. Mm. We're seeing people come to Christ every, every week and baptisms and new members and all of the kinds of markers, but not to the degree that we once saw 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're putting all of your eggs in the Sunday morning basket, I've got two words for you. And those words are good luck. <laughs> you're not going to have a future with hope. We've got to start fishing in new ponds. Yeah. Fresh expressions can help us. Thanks, George. Okay. So um, I would say to pastors that you've got, you have got to proclaim it from the platform. What he said, I, I just wrote down, tell stories because telling stories does a lot of things. And what he didn't say is that telling stories um, that lights the fire in the apes that don't know their apes. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We have found some 75-year-old apes in our chairs on Sunday mm-hmm. morning that mm-hmm. are out there in our dinner churches doing some incredible work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when it's time for them to go north for the summer, it's it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of the most surprising people. And so you make room for us in the lobby on Sunday mornings. You make room for us um, to tell the stories because there is such beauty in the stories. That's the best way. And you know, Heather, when I go out and I teach other churches about this, 80% of what I do is telling stories, you know, Um, because it's life transformation that's happening out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say take risks, be willing to take risks and just try something, you know, just try something. We've had a whole lot of things that didn't work. but a lot of things that did too. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't necessarily work forever, but mm-hmm. they, but right. it's right. for the time that they do work. And so you also have to be willing to stop when it's not yeah. working yeah. anymore. And that goes for both the inherited church and the fresh expressions, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This gotten really good at shutting stuff down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it hasn't always been that way. We hung on to a lot of things for a lot longer than we ever should have. Um, but but we don't do that anymore because we got to make room for the for the risk taking, which I love. And, and, and I think you'd add to that, Heather, and morphing existing ministries yeah. that can be yeah. reshaped to be like we like have the a lot care. of yeah, like the car yeah. care. It was primarily an in reach deal, but it's mm-hmm. become 
profoundly fresh expression. Yeah. Well, I think I think we've hit three things pretty hard here that everybody needs to take away from that this as far as uh, really kind of creating a seedbed for for fresh expressions of of church to t- to take shape and to take place, and that is generative leadership, generative generative teams and leadership. Yes. Uh, that is adaptive capacity, and that is releasing the ape. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for everything that that you've shared today. I know that folks will be inspired and encouraged, and um, and we will link contact info for you in the show notes. So if folks want to reach out to you, they can get a hold of you. Thank you again for your time. God bless you and your ministry, and um, and we'll see you next time. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we eat, play, work, and yes, even in our traditional churches. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressionsus.org backslash how to start. The Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by Gannon Sims and me, Heather Delod. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you've learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that God's ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations.